When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So how about them Batland Bucks? They're now playing 500 ball after an exciting 7-6 win to open up their series against the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. A lot of offense in the series opener, some pitching struggles, but then they kind of found their footing halfway through. And overall, just a really good night for the Pirates and a little bit of intrigue as we open this early season as well. Good morning, everybody. On this Tuesday morning, April 4th, 2023, I'm Jake Slobodnik from Talk the Plank on the Fan First Sports Network, bringing to you your morning bucket Joe this morning. And I'm officially 2-0 whenever I have to do these. I uh, took the opening day game they won, and now I am 2-0 following uh, their win against the Bosox last night. But a common theme between both games is that uh, it was kind of nerve wracking if you think about it. And uh, let's start off with a recap and then we'll get to our thoughts as the show kind of progresses here this morning. So sit down, brew your favorite cup of Joe, and here we go with your morning buck of Joe for April 4th. We begin in the top of the first, and the Pirates, it looked like they were going to just explode on offense while shutting out the Red Sox all night long. Key Brian Hayes got off the schneid a little bit, hit a single right off the first base bag, and made it a one nothing game that drove in a run. Then Kanan Smith and Jigba followed him with a two-run double a couple hitters later to push the Pirates' lead to three. It was good to see Kanan Smith and Jigba uh, make good contact with the ball. I know Fenway is a little bit of a hitter's friendly ballpark, but it was good to see Kanan Smith and Jigba uh, start off strong last night against the Bo Sox. Maybe a little bit of familiarity with some of their prospects after being in the Yankees system, but either way, I'm happy to see it. And after a Jack Sawinski walk, the next at bat, Rodolfo Castro struck out to end the early rally, uh, which kind of hurt. But at the same time, you look at it and Boston starter Cutter Crawford forced to throw 30 plus pitches in the inning. Just an all-around good inning by the Pirates hitters. Whether they got out or they got on base, they made Crawford work. And that's all you could ask him to do, along with putting up some runs. But troubles would find the Pirates in the bottom of the first. Rafael Devers, Masataka Yoshida, and Tristan Casas gave the Bo Sox a 5-3 lead after one full inning. Uh, Three home runs, if you couldn't tell. Uh, Yoshida was his first of his MLB career. It was a two-run shot. Casas with a two-run shot as well. Devers a solo shot. It was just an all-around poor inning by starter Johan Oviedo, reason being mislocations on his pitches. The home run to Casas was was a misplaced slider. Uh, The one to Yoshida was a fastball that was telegraphed up and away, and he just drove that uh, out of the ballpark. 
So after one full, it's 5-3. Kind of gives you the indication that we're just going to see a lot of offense, and that we did. We go to the top of the second. Brian Reynolds uh, sparked another rally for the Pirates, garnering his first of two homers on the night to bring the Bucks within one. Then in the top of the third, Jack Sawinski got in the hit column. He singled to tie the game at five. Then you fast forward to the top of the fourth. How about that? Four straight innings of the Pirates putting up some runs. That's what you like to see, especially from the bottom of the lineup. Jason DeLay. Not too many people thought that he was going to be in the backup catcher race whenever Tyler Heineman was re-signed to a minor league deal, and so was uh, Kevin Ploet. But he impressed a lot of people, and he put the Pirates ahead with a solo home run in the over the Green Monster and left a blast that, according to Twitter account Would It Dong, and yes, I follow this account religiously, it would have been a home run at all thirty MLB ballparks. Andy, who? I'm just kidding. Reynolds then followed two hitters later with his second home run of the game to make it a two-run lead for the Pirates, 7-5, to five, heading into the bottom of the fourth. Pirates pitchers held them in check throughout the next couple of innings, uh, and the game's final run came across in the bottom of the sixth thanks to a broken bat single by Red Sox outfielder Adam Duvall. Uh, that went to left field, dropped right in front of Kanan Smith and Jigba. But the Pirates' bullpen, man, they, they put turned in another strong performance. They locked down the fort for the remainder of the game. Uh, Dari Moretta came in to relieve Johan Oviedo in the bottom of the fifth, garnered a strikeout to end the frame. Rob Zestrizny followed him. Uh, he allowed one run over one and one-thirds innings. Uh, he was credited with a hold, though, and Colin Holderman in the eighth inning picked up a hold as well. Dwayne Underwood Jr. impressed me, and I think a lot of people uh, turned in one and one-third innings of one-hit ball, uh, shut out the Red Sox in that time. He earned the win on the mound. Uh, the scorer's decision gave it to him. And then, of course, David Bednar came in, almost guaranteeing a save. He got uh, he got a first-pitch ground out to, end the, or to start the inning. And then he struck out the next two hitters, ultimately bringing all momentum to the Pirates side and locking down his second save of the season. Now, we mentioned Johan Oviedo. He struggled out of the gate, but he quickly rebounded and allowed five runs, four earned over 4.2 innings. You look at that box score and you think, oh, that was not a good outing. Well, come to think of it, all those runs came in the first inning. So over the next uh, three and two thirds innings, he was actually pretty solid, ran into some trouble a little bit, but didn't allow a run, which is pretty good. He also added four strikeouts and four walks and manager Derek Sheldon. He was pretty impressed with how Oviedo collected himself after that disastrous first inning. He really did a nice job of settling in again, you know, you know, not an easy place to pitch Uh, early on. I I thought he just left fastballs in the middle of the plate that got hit with by some really good hitters. Brian Reynolds led the Pirates offense, obviously going three for five with a pair of round trippers and Boston starter Cutter Crawford. Well, he also patted Reynolds on the back saying he got the best of them. I think he just covered the zone. Uh, I think I pitched him pretty similar, you know, all three at bats. I don't think I used my fastball enough against him. So he kind of got I probably got a little predictable. Jason DeLay, one for four with a home run. Kanan Smith and Jigba, one for two in a two RBI performance. Added a double and walked to his credit. And O'Neill Cruz, this has gone under the radar a little bit. He tallied a hit and now carries a four-game hitting streak into Tuesday night's game at Fenway Park. Just an all-around complete effort for the Pirates. A lot of other players tallied a hit on the night and some walks. Uh, we'd be here all day naming them if that if we could. Uh, We are on a fixed time here. Let's get to our takeaways for this first game. And the first one, I think it's obvious. Pay the man, Mr. Nutting. Uh, Brian Reynolds, I think he kind of deserves anything that he can get at this point 
after posting two home runs in Fenway Park. Now, I understand Fenway Park is a very hitter-friendly park, especially for left-handed hitters with that uh, short wall in right field. But either way, uh, Reynolds blasted into the right field uh, bullpen, so it's not like he uh, cheated those home runs. He, He earned them, without a doubt. Um, and I think it just goes to show, I know people are going to look at his defensive error last night. There was a miscommunication between him and right fielder Jack Sawinski at one point, uh, and Reynolds tried saving it, but it popped out of his glove. A lot of people looked at that and go, Ooh, I don't know about that. Here's my thing. That's just miscommunication. That's going to happen on the baseball field. We're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. So I wouldn't read too much into it really. Uh, but either way, with how Reynolds is starting, I mean, give him the money that he wants. Give him the contract that he wants. And if he wants opt-outs or he doesn't want opt-outs, wherever he wants the opt-outs is what I'm trying to say. Give it to him. I mean, I, I, I think you have a good leader with Reynolds right there. And the good thing is he doesn't let anything phase him. I mean, he doesn't. He was a very selfless player talking with Robbie and Smikowski last night on the AT&T Sportsnet broadcast. Uh, so, I mean, he's a very selfless player, cares about his fellow teammates, I just I look at that and I I think that's more than deserving of getting the contract that he wants, uh, especially if you can work out a pretty good deal. Uh, Next takeaway, Oviedo's potential is still there. I don't want last night to be an indicator to people saying, hey, this is uh, kind of an indication of what things could come, that Oviedo is not a proven starter. He's not going to be a good starter. I find that hard to believe. He had one bad inning. Yeah, he ran into some trouble uh, in the next couple of innings, but he didn't allow a run. He kind of bounced back as well as you could possibly imagine, especially for a young starter who wasn't even projected to be in the rotation out of spring training. I thought he did exceptionally well last night and how he handled the Boston Hendricks. They have a lot of good hitters, especially that top half of the lineup. And uh, through the second, third time around, he looked uh, pretty good there. And you know what else has looked pretty good? The bullpen. That's our third takeaway. The bullpen has been pretty good over the past couple of days. And a lot of people, it's kind of funny. I look at Twitter as soon as there's a reliever that comes in, and I'm guilty of this myself. People immediately go, you know, Ben Charrington sucks at building a bullpen. Well, we're through four games, and they've actually been doing pretty well. And I'll give credit where credit's due. On our normal Talk the Plank episodes, I've been a big downer of Dwayne Underwood Jr. But I guess for what it's worth, he's been doing all right. Dari Moretta has looked pretty good as well. My man, Robbie Zestrini has, uh, he's impressed me too. And Colin Holderman, which brings me to our next takeaway. He could be a solid setup, man. I, I, we talk about rebounding in a game and sort of bouncing back from, uh, kind of an ugly start. And that's exactly what Colin Holderman did. Um, he was in the eighth inning, Red Sox threatened. There was the time run, maybe even the go ahead run on base. Um, and, and that could have been very intimidating to any other pitcher that could have easily got to their head. Colin Holderman, though, he was a cool as a cucumber and just absolutely went after the hitter and forced Adam Duvall to ground out into the final out of the inning. And if you saw the, uh, the gif going around on social media, him clapping, doing kind of like a gator chomp or something like that. I just, you need that sort of composure. If you're going to be the eighth inning man, because you realize you still have that ninth, that, that tedious ninth inning, which you save your best reliever for last. And it's exactly what Derek Shelton did. But in that eighth inning, you need somebody who can go in and lock down the fort. Uh, I know last year was Will Crow. I think that's just because we had limited bullpen arms last year and ter- limited quality bullpen arms is what I'm trying to say for that. Um, but now that we have a proven and pretty good reliever, uh, in Colin Holderman, I think he's going to be a solid setup candidate for David Bednar. I'm excited to see what he can do next. Takeaway Castro has to be on an early hot seat. I watch him and I, this is just my personal opinion. Rodolfo Castro is very excited at the plate. 
I guess that's the best way I can describe it. Swinging out of his shoes on a lot of breaking pitches, not making a lot of contact. When he does, it's always a foul ball. It's not the greatest a plate approach in the world by Rodolfo Castro. A couple strikeouts to his credit right now. And this inconsistency is the plate has been plaguing him for a while. So, I, I mean, I, I, I want to give more faith to him. But now I think time is running out. He's been given time and time and again to prove himself that he can be a quality MLB hitter. Uh, hopefully it's just early season rust. But, I mean, we'll see if he gets put in the lineup again tonight. Maybe he can have a bounce back game, but you never know for that. And then finally, our last takeaway, Boston has good hitters, so we need to take advantage of their pitchers for the next two games. Kind of saw that last night with Yoshida, Devers, uh, Casas, Verdugo can break out. With these guys that you know are proven bats that can do pretty well at the plate, we got to jump on Nick Pavetta and Corey Kluber in these next two games. Uh, A lot of people may put their chips on Cutter Crawford blowing it for the Red Sox. They got their wish, but now we have to do it to the more seasoned vets. Corey Kluber, maybe. I mean, he didn't do too well against the Baltimore Orioles, so I think if our hitters can sort of take advantage of him, we'll be fine. It's Nick Pavetta I'm kind of worried about, which that's a loaded statement, but uh, I I just feel like if we can come out tonight uh, on this Tuesday night game at Fenway Park against Nick Pavetta and just put up a a decent outing, uh, I, I think we'll be in good shape for Wednesday's finale against Corey Kluber. Um, I, I do think that we need to be a little bit more patient because I like the fact that we worked Cutter Crawford to 30 pitches in the first inning on Monday night. Um, let's see if we can do that again, if we can get more patient. Because we saw that in Cincinnati. We were patient in the opening day. And then as the series evolved, we weren't so patient. And it kind of killed us. Um, and I also think that bullpen management is going to be a big factor. I think we kind of blew of our all of our quality arms last night. So I think now we're going to see Chase DeYoung and Will Crow, and it's not going to be as as perfect as we wanted it to be. But hey, that's just the uh, that's part for the course. Hopefully, Rowanson Contreras can turn in a pretty good uh, outing tonight, and we'll see what he can do in Fenway Park. That's coming up seven ten tonight. Boston Red Sox, Pittsburgh Pirates, Nick Pavetta against Rowanson Contreras. Seven uh, ten first pitch. If you're going to be listening on the radio, it's six forty five airtime on the Pirates Radio Network. And uh, Pirates pregame begins at 630 on AT&T Sportsnet. That's going to do it for this morning. Buck Joe, the Pirates are 500, two and two in the early 2023 campaign. For Talk the Plank and your morning Buck Joe, I'm Jake Slobodnik here on the Fan First Sports Network. Folks, have yourself a wonderful Tuesday. 